everybody. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Real World Productivity Podcast. Title of today's interview is Sending Tasks Out to Get More Done. I'm Adam Moody and today I'm talking with the founder of Sentast.io, Cedric Waldberger, about his background in productivity and some of the tips, methods, and uh, secrets that every entrepreneur should know to shortcut success with productivity and get some great results faster. So welcome, Cedric. How's it going? Hey, very good. Thanks for having me, Adam. Good deal. Well, happy, happy, happy to have you here. And I'm just going to kind of jump right into this. The first set of questions I have for you is just about your background and experience in the field of productivity so that uh, the entrepreneurs in the audience can understand a little bit more about who you are, where you're coming from, and maybe how they can relate. Uh, so would you mind telling us just a bit about yourself, your background, education, anything like that that you feel is relevant? Um, you know, again, like we talked about, just whatever you feel comfortable with and you think might help people understand you a little bit. Yeah, of course. Um, so I started my first company when I was 14, kind of by accident. Um, it was a friend of me and uh, a friend of mine and me starting to work on uh, websites. This was 2002. I was 14. He was 18. Um, it started as a hobby and then suddenly developed into a real company with employees. Um, and suddenly I was in a spot where I realized because I was going to high school at the time. I, uh, I And later I started studying at ETH. I studied electrical engineering. So I've always had to kind of balance two um, important areas in my life, work and, and studying very early on. And I think that would let that's what led to me uh, being so fascinated with life hacks and productivity hacks and uh, just generally thinking a lot about how to get the most out of my time and out of my day. Good deal. And did you have any going through that? So kind of starting at 14 um, and getting started early, did you have any sort of like formal training or was it, wow, I'm getting busy. I need to figure something out. I think it was Mostly the, the second. Um, I was first. I was, as you can imagine, I was quite overwhelmed um, with the responsibilities and uh, the sudden traction that we had. Um, but then quickly uh, found peers and discussed uh, my my problems or or challenges. Um, and of course, my business partner helped a lot. Um, and we started to build a team. And uh, yeah, learned a lot about myself and how I how I work um, during that period and started to fine tune that over and over again. I think you hit on something really interesting of uh, the people I've interviewed, actually, I don't think anyone's talked about this and uh, having a peer group or you know, a mastermind or a group, um, it has something that I came across in probably the last three or so years that has helped me tremendously. Uh, and I, I always recommend it to people, you know, find some people who can help you find some people who are doing what you want to do uh, and talk to them about that. And I assume, you know, is that something you continue to this day or was that something you just kind of uh, did at the time? No, absolutely. I think that's one of the biggest uh, life hacks for me is, is finding peers or people who have done it before who are willing to share experiences with me. One um, group that I found tremendously helpful for me is the Entrepreneurs Organization, which is a worldwide organization. They have about 15,000 members and they're organized in local chapters. I'm currently in the Zurich chapter, um, the Swiss chapter. And what we do is we meet once a month with uh, your, they call it forum, which is a group of eight to 12 people and you exchange experiences. So the key thing about this organization is you're not allowed to give advice. You're only allowed to share experiences, which when you think about it is so much more powerful. It's, it's not about like what, what you would do, but what you actually did and what happened when you did a certain thing. 
No, I think that's that's very powerful. That's funny. This is uh, very closely aligning with some stuff I'm doing. I, I just had a group meeting and uh, we got together for the first time about six months ago, and that was one of the, kind of the basis. One of the very few rules is, um, you know, uh, experience comes first. If it's an opinion, you need to make it clearly known, you know, that that's the case. That's really interesting. I think that's something too people could use for productivity. Um, you know, is not just reading books, although books is a great way to obviously learn from people who are maybe doing something ahead of where you're at. But joining a group, talking to other people about productivity, you know, you never know who's got, uh, you know, this great system for doing these types of things. So, cool. Well, then it, that kind of brings us up to kind of the almost modern time, I guess. Uh, you apparently you went through school, electrical engineering, all that. And then kind of what have you done or what did you do since then? Um, so I was part of a few startups. Uh, the first one is agency business that's running till this day. I'm still a board member. Um, and then um, there were a few other experiments. Some went well, some didn't go so well. Um, uh, learned a lot from that. Um, and then about five, six years later, um, I uh, had a, uh, I made some money and I was fortunate enough to, to be in where I could become an investor. And I've used that to invest in startups and really learn from them about the process of how do you go from an idea that you had at the bar last night to 1 million and 1 million could be a million dollars in revenue. It could be a million packages shipped or a million users, but really deconstruct this process of how to build a company <clears throat> from, from idea to 1 million. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I've noticed uh, while we were doing that is that um, internally, there's so many great productivity tools that made each and every one of these companies uh, more efficient and more productive. But when it came to talking to their clients and freelancers and suppliers, they always reverted back to email. And from that was, uh, that was one of the learnings that led to me founding uh, Sentask or first building a prototype. Because um, I, was, I was interested to build something like Asana or Trello or um, Basecamp. So something that allows you not to just share text blobs, but augmented information with due dates and making it so that you could complete it and you could track who's working on what. I saw that that immensely helped inside the team to be more efficient and better organized. But I, it didn't work with outsiders because they had to create an account first. And so I tested, I think, 48 or 49 different task managers. <laughs> Yeah. I couldn't find a single one that allowed me to seamlessly onboard um, suppliers and clients. And then I started working. I thought this must be like, can't be that this doesn't exist because it, I think it would be extremely helpful. And just to see if it, I would actually use it and if it, if it would be as helpful as I imagined, um, I started building it myself, started working on a small prototype. I was looking for a pet project to um, code again anyway. And so I started working on a prototype for Sentask, uh, built a system that allows you to share tasks with anyone over email. And that person doesn't have to create an account in order to interact with the task. So it's basically an Asana or Basecamp or Trello um, that doesn't require accounts. Um, and that's how the idea was born. I shared it with a few friends. I started using it myself. And I discovered how immensely um, more productive it made me, the fact that I could just track everything and not just my team, but I could track all interactions with journalists or um, business partners, freelancers, 
without giving them a, an introduction first or a walkthrough of the app first, because um, mm -hmm. it, it was so simple. And that's how we came up with the idea of Resent Task, yeah. Yeah, that's good. I know you've had a uh, blog post, I think it was from August on 64things.com where, you know, you're talking about this, uh, you know, you've got this stack of apps, you've got communication, scheduling, tasks, and data storage, and then there's multiple apps and all of those, but nothing that really ties it, ties it together. So, um, I, yeah, that's a very familiar pain, and I'm sure a lot of people can identify with that. And um, I'll just say right now, like, I've uh, tried out SendTask recently. And I'm going to be implementing that to deal with just the problem you're describing. Because like you said, you know, having to onboard someone or, you know, I have someone who's maybe contracting and they're, they need to do one or two tasks. I don't need them fully integrated into my system. I just need them to be able to do something reliably. And yeah, that I think is uh, pretty powerful with SendTask. I, it, as far as I know, that doesn't exist anywhere else. We at least haven't found another app that does it. Um... Mm -hmm. Uh, otherwise, we wouldn't have had to, like, we didn't want to build SendTask, but we felt like the pain was big enough to to go through the process and, and see if we can build this and uh, and find other users who have the same issue or who are looking for a similar solution. And we find that for, especially for agencies, it's the perfect tool to not only manage their internal team, very often they use something like Basecamp or Asano Trello, mm -hmm but also to keep their clients and suppliers more updated uh, or keep them updated in a more automatic, automated way. The first business that I built, MediaSign, was a, an agency and about 30% of what our consultants were doing was just checking in with clients and seeing when they would deliver a certain product or, or asset. And uh, using Sentask has been a huge productivity boost for them. I believe it. So that kind of answers part of this, but I'm curious uh, if I asked you specifically, like what tools, um, or rather what uh, tasks do you, you commonly see people using SendTask for right now? Like what's the big use that people people use it for? Typically it starts with work tasks. Um, so you can create projects or single tasks, individual tasks. Um, it can be anything from, hey, can you please send that report over or can you please update the SendTask spreadsheet to let's plan um, the launch of this website in a project that we all share with each other. Mm -hmm. um, that's typically how it starts, but then people realize that they can bring that efficiency boost to other areas of their life and they start planning their uh, vacation on SendTask or their shopping list um, that they want to share with uh, their flatmates or their spouse. Um, and then people get really creative. We've seen, uh, we've seen a lot of different use cases. Um, also stuff like, uh, so we have a feature for recurring tasks. So just read a chapter in a book every week is something that you can type into our uh, natural language mm -hmm. uh, bar. And it creates a task that reminds you weekly to read a chapter in a book or same for workouts. Nice. Actually, that's funny. I think that's literally what I typed in when I was first signing up. I was read a, yeah. chap or read a book every week. <laughs> uh, that's good. Okay, well, no, in my mind, no app is an island onto itself. Um, you know, no matter how good any app is, you know, there's generally uh, something or some integration that really helps. Um, so what other, do you see people commonly using uh, other tools or, you know, integrating it? Like, I know that people use it offline. I'm just kind of curious how you see people using this uh, in the real world, if that makes sense. You mean with, yeah, so... I think one thing that's um, extremely helpful with SendTask is our Slack integration, um, mm -hmm. because we see that 
other teams that are distributed. Like, so the Sentask team is completely distributed and we use Sentask to build Sentask. Um, but we also use something for communication. And for us, the choice was Slack. Mm-hmm. And we've built a Slack integration where you can A, create tasks directly from Slack and B, you can also check what you should be working on or what's due today directly from Slack. So, so you don't need to switch to Sentask all the time just to check these basic, um, just to perform these basic actions. And what we've seen is that before we had Sentask, what very often happened is we would have a discussion on Slack about a certain bug or feature or marketing idea. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of ended up just being in that Slack archive, but no one ever took care of it. And so what we did is build uh, an integration for Sentask where you can just type in natural language, you could say something like uh, slash Sentask, hey, Adam, could you please uh, follow up with our key account manager on um, the January numbers until Monday? And what Sentask will do is extract all the information from what I've said there. So it will assign it to you. It will set the due date to next Monday and it will create a title that that says um, to send over that uh, or to check in with those clients from uh, from January. Nice. And this has been extremely helpful for us to not forget things or to actually get things done after we discuss them. We create a task directly from Slack. It doesn't interrupt our workflow. We can keep discussing stuff, but we know now it's on a task list and someone is going to take care of it until a certain due date. I really like that. Um, yeah, someone who helps lead uh, company meetings that I, you know, that can be a huge problem. And I call it the, the <laughs> this isn't the greatest name for this, but the single neck to choke, like one person is responsible for a task. But in a team, you know, you come up with this great idea, but if it's not said explicitly who's doing it, that a lot of times, you know, if it's assigned or if it's, if there's more than one person, then it might not ever get done because everyone just assumes somebody else is going to do it. Yeah, and also for just product ideas, like sometimes it's not as actionable as let's do it next Monday, mm-hmm. but just as, hey, this idea, we should put it on a list. Um, Sentask is pretty good for that as well. Um, you can just, you can do the same thing from Slack and just put it on a project list or a task list inside Sentask. And that's what we often do with um, product ideas. Like we're discussing one thing and someone comes up with an idea, uh, then we just put that on that list so we know we can go back to it later on. Um, and then we can continue our discussion. Nice, nice. That's a great idea. I'm gonna check that out. Uh, cool. Well, uh, one other blog post that I was interested in, I noticed because this was a question I wanted to ask you anyways, and so I went and looked, and sure enough, you guys had talked about it, but you were talking about the top five tools used by the team, um, and you had them listed as Semtask, Google App Suite, Slack, Appear.in, and Intercom. So I was just curious, are there any others or has that uh, that changed at all? I'm not sure. I don't have the published date, but I was just curious if you guys use anything else or there, if that's changed around or there's some other super powerful tools that you guys go to. We've we've since switched from appear.in to mostly using Zoom, um, which is a great for video. The key feature made a switch is that in Zoom, you can you have phone numbers that you can use to call into an ongoing video call. So sometimes if someone is on a bad connection, they can just Mm -hmm. call in via their GSM phone. And that usually guarantees that they at least have good audio, even though the video stream might not be great. Um, And it also allows for very simple recording to the cloud and archiving our weekly calls so that someone who misses the call can easily go back and just watch the last one. 
so that we don't need to, um, in parallel to the video, keep minutes and, and update people individually. Gotcha. Um, so that's the one that we've switched. Um, other than that, I'd say um, we try to keep it. I'm sure we, we use more apps, but those are the ones that we kind of use day, day in, day out um, to keep us organized. No, it makes sense. And I understand, like, you know, you definitely try to use or focus only on a few, but, you know, it, inevitably there's other ones you have to use, whether it's, you know, uh, Dropbox for certain connections or something like that. Right. Right. Well, cool. And just in general, um, obviously, I think this is probably your role as a founder uh, is looking out at the future. Um, I'm curious, what changes, if any, do you see kind of coming in the next few years for um, tech as far as productivity or time management? Do you see any big changes to apps or platforms or, or what have you? Well, I'm waiting for um, the moment where all of this gets a lot, a lot more integrated and more uh, intelligent. I hope the AI revolution is gonna, will be able to feel that a lot more. Right now we can read a lot about it, but I feel um, we're only starting to see the surface of it. Like for example, when I use Google Inbox, um, I know it suggests answers um, every here and there, um, but I feel uh, hopefully we'll all go uh, a, lot, uh, a lot further and we'll be able to interact with our virtual assistants um, almost in the same way that we use um, actual assistants nowadays. Sounds good. Yeah, I'll put that on my list. I would like that as well. Yeah. So um, kind of moving into a different part here, but what's, uh, I'm just curious, what's something you kind of wish someone had shared with you as far as being productive for being an entrepreneur once you kind of moved into that space post uh, college or school? Like what's, what, do you, what would you tell uh, you know, somebody just getting started in terms of how they can be more productive or be more efficient with their time? I think for me, uh, one thing that really helped me be more productive or increase my output is focus. So for a very long time, I tried to do too many things at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, and I've tried to, for example, I've, <clears throat> I've always been involved with multiple um, full-time projects at the same time. First, it was studying and, and my first company, and then it was several uh, startups in parallel. And I'm still working on, uh, on getting to just one and being super focused. Um, but I've, I've learned to reduce other areas um, and really focus on, on one or two things at the time. Uh, one way I've done this is I about three years ago, or maybe four or five years ago, I started, um, I was intrigued by the, this question, how much stuff do I actually own? And I started running through my apartment and collect everything that I owned and note it down. Um, just because I was interested to understand like how much is it actually that I own and what's the maintenance that I um, put up with for all my stuff. Mm -hmm. And since then, um, since I've realized I, I own so much stuff um, that I don't actually need, I, I've minimalized a lot of it um so much that two years ago i've given up on having an apartment and i've been constantly traveling ever since with just 64 things that fit into my backpack um and it, for me it's these bold decisions and like questioning the traditional way of doing stuff or the status quo over and over again that i find are really is really really interesting and also has led to the biggest productivity improvements for me personally Gotcha. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Focus, I think, has become more and more important for myself over the years. 
and it's something I definitely have to work on all the time. Uh, same thing, working on several projects, have to constantly reevaluate um, and just it's good because the results are always better once I focus. Yeah, I, you gain clarity, things like that. So can certainly identify with that. I'm I'm interested too in your 64 things. Uh, so that's on on your blog and on your picture. Uh, what would you say? What would be number 65 if you could let let yourself have 65 yeah. things? <laughs> well, I'm actually down to less than uh, 50 items right now, so I so oh, wow. I keep losing stuff. I'm I'm not adding uh, right yeah. now. Um, honestly, there's nothing that I uh, that I miss, which is interesting because I um, I think when I started and I first created the spreadsheet, I think I I own more than 600 items, and uh, and at that point I already I I considered myself to not have too much stuff, um, but I've gone all the way down to the roughly 50 items now and there's not much that i miss honestly um so it's super interesting like i think that every item has at least a couple or, or three purposes or more mm -hmm. um so i feel like i'm living a very full life full of experiences and uh, i'm doing exactly what i want to do and i don't need more than these 50 items which was a revelation at first Definitely. Well, I've got a personal question because I'm a big reader. Uh, what do you What do you use to read? Do you use a laptop or do you have a Kindle or anything like that? So I don't have a Kindle anymore. I used to have one, but then I realized um, most of the time when I when I get to read um, is when I'm on airplanes or when I'm on the go, um, and so I've switched to audiobooks mostly. So okay. Audible or just. Uh, MP3 files of, of books and texts and articles that I've converted to audio files. Um, and then if I read text, then it's mostly on my phone. Gotcha. All right. Well, this brings us up to the last question I have for you, which now I'm really interested, especially um, after hearing kind of about the minimalism and, and uh, how you go about this. But I'm curious, what is the book that you find yourself recommending to people the most often? So it's actually not related to minimalism or essentialism. I, I think I've read uh, a bunch of very good books in that area. But for me, um, when I recommend a book to others, it's mostly been uh, something that I felt they, they might really enjoy but don't know yet. And it's often been, surely you're choking Mr. Feynman. <laughs> Great by, uh, book. Yeah. I just love how he um, his like playful way of seeing life and experimenting and um just doing really really interesting stuff but but staying agile while doing it like really advanced stuff but still being uh, and living that inner child um all the time i i really enjoyed that book that's awesome yeah uh that's really funny so my background actually is uh as an undergraduate was in physics and so i've read all of oh. uh, Feynman's books and um it just yeah he's an interesting character and i completely agree with you that everyone who hasn't read that, it doesn't matter if you're into physics, if you're not, you know, it has almost nothing to do with that. You should just read it. He's an incredibly interesting person and very down to earth. It's uh, some, some great books. I agree. Oh, Cedric's still there? Yes. Nope. Sorry. Okay. I had a little audio hiccup. So on that note, we're going to wrap this up. I wanted to say thank you for uh, a great interview, and I'm really appreciative of you taking the time to, to share your thoughts and all of this with everybody. Um, where can people go to find out some more about you and what you're working on? Yeah, so send, if you want to try out Centask and see um, 
how uh, sending tasks to anyone um, can simplify or make you more productive, go to sendtask.io. Um, and if you want to find out uh, more about me or get in touch, then my blog is at 64things.com. And the 64 is a six and a four as the number, and then things.com. All right. Well, thanks again. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'd like to invite you to check out www.productivity.academy today for more information on how you can better manage your time, become more productive, and just get more effective doing the things that you want to do and achieving the goals that you want. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next podcast.